segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'll be your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate and the return of Mete. What's up, guys? Hey. So, uh, Mete, man, it's good to have you back. Uh, Nate and I have been sort of pulling this thing along, and uh, it's great to have you back. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to be back. All right, let's just get into some NFL news, first of all. Um before we jump into our review over our top 12 running backs for fantasy football this coming season. So um, in the NFL, Alex Smith announced his retirement after 16 years in the NFL. Um, of course, he went through that crazy rehab just to get back. And then he played one more year after that. And I mean, he had mixed results, but I think overall he had a great career. Um, I'll start with you, Nate. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on Alex Smith? Um, I think he's a great quarterback. I feel like um, if he didn't have that injury trouble, he probably would have been able to extend his career by a couple of years. But um, I guess it, he decided it's kind of time to hang it up. He doesn't want to beat up his body anymore. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, he had a great career. I know watching him early with the 49ers uh, and then playing almost at MVP level with the Kansas City Chiefs. And then he sort of finished off his career in Washington. Mete, I just wanted to ask you, um, I guess, just your overall take on Alex Smith and just, like, uh, the way his career went. Um, I think Alex Smith was – he was pretty good. Like, he wasn't the best, but he wasn't the worst either. So – and before his injury, actually, I think the Redskins at the time were 6-2, and two, so – that was pretty unlucky for them when he went out. And, yeah, had a pretty good career, I think. Yeah, I think one of the more impactful things he's done for the game of football uh, was sort of mentor now uh, the star of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I guess just that first year that Mahomes was in Kansas City, Alex Smith was sort of the starter there, sort of led him along. He sort of prepared him. I guess, to be a quarterback in the NFL. And then Patrick Mahomes just really took it from there and just really became a star. Uh, so, yeah, I think that um, Alex Smith's had a huge impact on the league. Obviously, coming back from that almost – it should have been a career-ending injury. Uh, it didn't end up uh, being that just because he fought through it. Came back, he actually played. He actually started for a lot of games uh, in the 2020 season. Uh, led Washington to the playoffs. So – I mean, I know they've uh, said that the comeback player of the year should be named after Alex Smith. I think we can agree that th that should be the case. Yeah, after going through a season-ending injury and coming back, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Alex Smith, um, I know as a Patriots fan, uh, games against Kansas City were always tough over the years. Uh, when he played for the 49ers, he was always a star. Um, I, I guess they decided to move on from him when Kaepernick came in, but yeah, he was always that quarterback that was always giving you um, consistent play. And Mete, I think uh, you could probably agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, just moving into some some next uh, news there. Um, Mike Tomlin agrees to a three-year extension, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he'll be there through the 2024 season. 
Um, it's his 15th straight year with the Steelers. Um, he's never uh, had a, a record below 500 in his entirety with the Steelers. So, Amete, um, I want to ask you first, um, is this a good signing? And do you think you can get Pittsburgh over the top? Um, definitely. I really like Mike Tomlin, actually. Like you said, he's never been below 500. So he's always had winning seasons. And he, I think he was the youngest uh, coach to win a Super Bowl. Uh, 2008, I think, when they won. So yeah, that's, that's pretty that's cool pretty as well. Yeah, I think yeah. he's a good coach. Yeah, I can agree with that. And I guess just getting to you, Nate, I know that this year uh, started off well for Pittsburgh. Um, things just sort of went downhill from there. Um, you're a Cleveland fan. You guys beat the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs. Um, after that, that sort of tumble that happened for Pittsburgh, do you think that they can bounce back this season uh, with Tomlin as their head coach? I personally like Tomlin as a coach. I think he's one of the, the or top 10 best coaches in the league right now. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I feel like um, Pittsburgh in terms of personnel isn't the same as what they were back during, I guess, the the start of Mike Tomlin's um, really long run, but you can't really count the Steelers out. Yeah, I think he always um, puts them in a position to compete every single year, um, especially that year in 2019 where he was just going through many different quarterbacks, whether it's Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, you know, all of that. And he still put up at least a 500 record in that season too. So um, I feel like all of the struggles on the team haven't really been uh, the majority, the majority of them haven't been Mike Tomlin's fault. I know there's been like issues in the locker room and stuff, but I feel like he's that kind of guy that can just uh, fix things. And yeah, an interesting fact, Pittsburgh in their entirety of their existence, have only had three head coaches. They've been around since 69. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So Pittsburgh's as consistent as can be. Um, Chuck Knoll, uh, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin have been their only coaches. So, yeah, pretty impressive uh, to say the least. And, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, a great run uh, that continues for Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Um, but, yeah, let's just get to the next point of the news. And I know I, th I believe we touched on it briefly last week, Nate. I'm not 100% sure, but let's just touch on it again. If so, um, the Browns signed Jadeveon Clowney to a one-year deal worth $10 million. Um, and then right after that, they released uh, defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson, um, I guess probably to clear uh, cap space. But uh, Nate, what are your thoughts on these two moves? Um, I do like adding Jadeveon Clowney, but um, I wish there was a way to kind of hold on to um, Sheldon Richardson. I know there is going to be maybe some kind of um, cap issues maybe like later on down the line, but um, I don't know. I feel like there, there should have been a way to kind of um, just some, somehow hold on to him for at least another year. Yeah, I think I can agree with that. Always um, extra players on the line uh, are pretty necessary uh, when it comes to injuries, when it comes to other things, but uh, Nate, let me just ask you, um, uh, I don't know, do you see a landing spot for Richardson? I know we were talking about it earlier and you mentioned Dallas Cowboys could be a landing spot. Um, do you think he's a good fit for Dallas or do you think there's any other landing spots for Richardson? 
Um, I feel like Richardson's the kind of player that he could probably fit into um, any system, especially um, based on his skill set and how he's able to get a lot of um, sacks. I think he was third in on the Browns for sacks. So um, you can always use a guy like Sheldon Richardson on your team. And then, Mete, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I agree with Nate. Like he said, he actually gets uh, good pass pressure, and usually defensive tackles don't get many sacks, but he's pretty good at it, and he's also a pretty good run stopper. So I agree with him. Yeah, I know um, Cleveland was very excellent uh, when it came to their pass rush and their uh, run stopping last season. Um I guess just looking at Richardson's cap, um, it, it was a pretty big number. Um, it, it was like, I think it was like 12.6 million for the year. And then it ends up saving the Browns 11 million in cap space for that cut. So I, I, it was pretty much just the roster move that needed to happen to sort of uh, keep, uh, sorry, to bring in Clowney. But um, I don't know, apparently they said it, it, it wasn't really necessary that they could have held on to both. So uh, Nate, I guess um, they'll have to address um, whatever other needs they have on the line in the draft. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they'll be able to, um, I don't, I don't think they'll get like one player that can replace him, but maybe they can get like a couple of guys that can kind of emulate what he does on the line. Yeah, for sure. I think we can definitely, we can definitely agree with that. And I know definitely we'll touch on the draft uh, a lot more uh, next week's episode. But uh, moving on now, let's just get to um, our top 12 uh, running back rankings for half-point PPR for the 2021 fantasy season. Um, Mete, it's great to have you for this ranking because we want to get your thoughts on where you see running backs uh, going in the draft this year. It's sort of another early look at this. Actually, Mete, I'll definitely start with you on this so I can get your thoughts. Uh, who are your top three in your running back rankings? And just sort of explain why, like your thoughts on why you have them there. So I have Derrick Henry at number one. He's the best running back in the league. So I think he deserves that spot. And I'm seeing a lot of videos of him working out on his uh, route running and pass catching, which is something he's not great at, but if he can improve that, like this guy is definitely number one for sure. And then my second running back is Christian McCaffrey. He's like the complete package. He'll catch passes, he can run, he's great. He was carrying the Panthers offense for a couple of years now. And my third running back, I have Dalvin Cook. Um, he had a great year last year and I think you can improve and get even better so i think that's my top three right now all right and um yeah i actually like that analysis on derrick henry i know a lot of people have chosen to drop him out of their top three myself included but like you said he's working on his pass catching he's working on a lot of things to make him a better all-around back and i guess it's important in the nfl to be able to evolve um yeah, um, my top three um, would be Christian McCaffrey for all the reasons you mentioned. He's a great all-around running back. He can pretty much put a thousand yards up, whether it's rushing or receiving. So he's ju- he just has that ability. Um, and then I, you talked about Dalvin Cook. 
um, how he's another great all-around running back. I've talked about how the offense pretty much runs through Dalvin Cook, uh, and especially, you know, uh, when Stefan Diggs left, sort of opened up a larger rushing role uh, for that team and for Dalvin Cook, and he just had a breakout year last year. Um, he even topped his stats from the year before, which was pretty solid. And then for third, I actually have Alvin Kamara. Um, I know some people have him lower just because they don't know his role in the new uh, Saints offense, but I still feel like he can produce. I still feel like he's going to be a solid option. He, he can pretty much do everything McCaffrey does just to a lesser degree, but he's still uh, really solid overall. And then Nate, uh, let me get to you for your top three. Um, I guess for my number one is Christian McCaffrey, mainly because of his upside. I feel like he has the highest upside out of all the running running backs um, in the league so far. So um, I decided to put him first. I think um, his 2019 fantasy points numbers was 25.8 per game. And I think he was on pace to kind of eclipse that in 2020 if he didn't get injured. But uh, yeah, so I put him at number one. I put Alvin Kamara at two. Um, I feel like the the Saints are gonna like lean into him a little bit more. Um, I think he there was a few games where Alvin Kamara didn't um, start. So if he ends up starting for all of his games, he should have um, a pretty high upside. And I put um, Dalvin Cook at uh, number three. Um, just like you said, the Minnesota offense runs through Dalvin Cook, and he's a pretty reliable running back to have on your team. So yeah, that's my top three. Yeah, I actually like your point about Alvin Kamara. I know there were some different games where, like if if you mentioned the Denver game where Denver didn't have a quarterback, so the Saints really didn't do much on offense. So you can pretty much write that game off in terms of Kamara's totals. Um, I mean, if all of the games, um, like you mentioned, he had been playing, I think he could have had higher totals than what he put up last year. So I think that's pretty solid. Um and then, uh, Mete, just getting to you uh, for your next uh, three running backs, um, who do you have from four to six? I have Kamara at four. Uh, like you guys said, I feel like he's going to be carrying a big load now for the Saints now that Breeze is gone. And, like, I really wanted to put him top three, but the guys above him, I just I couldn't, you know. But I think he's definitely going to have a great year. And then my fifth running back, I have Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's injury prone, but if this guy stays healthy, like he's insane. He's, he can catch passes. He can run. He's a complete package as well. And my sixth running back is Nick Chubb. Uh, honestly, I think he'd be way higher if the Browns didn't have Kareem Hunt, but since he's there, he's just outside the top five for me. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think I could make a bold statement in saying that uh, I think that Nick Chubb could compete for the number one overall running back if Kareem Hunt wasn't in Cleveland just because of how much running uh, and pass catching out of the backfield they do in that offense. Um, they're pretty uh, reliant on both Chubb and Hunt. And uh, yeah, uh, just getting into my top th- or into my next three, sorry. Um, yeah, Derrick Henry, I have at number four. Um, I like your analysis on him working on his pass catching, but I guess until I see it um, in- incorporated into his workload at an NFL level, um, I can't put him into the top three for half point PPR. 
Uh, if this was a standard league, I'd probably have him at number one as well. Um, and then for PPR, I'd probably have him around four as well, uh, just because he can rush for over 2,000 in a season, which is pretty pretty great for fantasy, getting over 2,000 yards. But um, yeah, like you said, um, it looks like Henry will actually have some upside this coming season um, if he's able to catch the ball in the backfield. So that's definitely something to look out for. And then um, I also have Saquon Barkley at number five. I agree that he has upside. I agree that he's also been injury prone. Uh, so those are definitely two things that you got to keep in mind as you're drafting this guy. Maybe if you're drafting him in the first round, you take another running back in the second round, just as sort of a security blanket in case he gets hurt whatnot. But yeah, um, if he stays healthy for the year, he definitely finishes in the top five. I don't think I have a question about that. And then I also have Nick Chubb at number six. Um, yeah. His role with uh, Cleveland just warrants him a top six spot in my mind. Um, yeah. Like you said, if, for some reason, Cream Hunt gets hurt or whatever. He'd move into my top five, no question. Um, yeah, he just has the workload. He has the legs. He has the production to sort of justify uh, being there. So, yeah, I have Nick Chubb at number six. And then, Nate, I'll get to you for your four to six. So, my number four is uh, Derek Henry as well. Um, I guess uh, I, I agree with uh, what you guys said. Um, he is the best um I guess running running back in the league, and he does have potential to catch. I don't think it's that um he's bad at it. I think it's more just that uh, the way that Tennessee offense works. Um, his job is to kind of punch holes through the line, so they just haven't really asked him to catch that much. So we just never had an opportunity to see what he could do. But I guess if they kind of restructure the offense and try to make some plays where he's pass catching more, that might give him an opportunity to I guess um I catch more like imagine if he was able to uh get like 1800 yards or something and then 200 rec yards that'd be pretty insane so yeah I put him at number four because of that and um fifth I put Saquon Barkley uh mostly because of his potential he has um really high potential and I think he might have a chance to kind of surpass his 2019 season maybe or 2018 season if he's fully healthy but of course the question is will Saquon Barkley be fully healthy but I think I'd still put him at number five based on his upside and I put Nick Chubb at sixth um I was wondering about I was actually thinking should I put him lower should I put him higher but I kind of looked at his um I guess the number of touchdowns he had and the number of games that he played so he only played 12 games, but he had a touchdown every game he played. So that's pretty crazy. Imagine if he was able to get like maybe 14 touchdowns for the season. That kind of gives him um, a lot of upside, I think, at that, that point. But the only thing kind of holding him back from the top five is being able to uh, catch. Not that he can't, but it's kind of like kind of a similar situation to Derrick Henry where his job is to punch holes through the line. So they haven't asked him to catch that much, but yeah, that's why I put him at six. Yeah. And I mean, that's why they have Kareem Hunt. <clears throat> I guess they see Kareem Hunt as being that guy that can just catch the ball out of the backfield and sort of make plays. Uh, they also give it a lot to Kareem Hunt in the red zone, which is what hurts um, Chubb's case for a top five on my list as well. Um, and then Mete, I'll turn it to you for your seven to nine. Who do you like in that position? 
My seventh running back is Austin Eckler. Um, I feel like he might be the best cat, uh, pass catcher as a running back. This guy was two years ago. He almost hit a thousand yards just receiving, and he catches a lot of balls. He caught fifty-four last year. So if we were doing PPR, I think he'd be higher just due to the fact that he catches a lot of passes. Um, my eighth running back is Aaron Jones. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers getting older, I feel like his role is going to get bigger and bigger every year. And he's pretty great running back. He can catch too. And my ninth running back is Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he had a pretty rough year last year. I feel like he can rebound this year with our offensive line getting healthy. Um, but this is kind of a make or break year for him, I feel like, with Pollard playing nice in his absence last year. So I feel like he's going to have to pr produce or he might be gone from the Cowboys next year. Yeah, yeah for sure. And um, yeah, I sort of just going off of what you said, um, I have Aaron Jones at number seven. Uh, you mentioned how his role should increase. I definitely agree with that with Jamal Williams leaving Green Bay. I think it was a smart decision for Jones to come back. Um, like you said, he can catch in the backfield. He can pretty much do everything. He can work along the goal line. I know A.J. Dillon is there, but he's still developing. And uh, he'll he'll definitely take some reps, but he won't take a lot. Um, Aaron Jones is one of those guys that has the upside to be a top five running back. So if you're sitting outside the top five, if you're late in the first round and you want a guy to take a flyer on that could actually hit and be a top five running back, I think Aaron Jones is definitely a guy to look at. So I have him at number seven. I have Austin Eckler at number eight. Um, I agree with you. Um, his patch, his pass catching ability is um, pretty much second to none, maybe outside of someone like Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey, but that's pretty much it. I mean, he's just so solid. Um, and it's, it's pretty clear that they want him to be the starter this year. It's pretty clear that Justin Herbert is going to rely on him uh, to sort of get out of uh, bad situations uh, when it comes to uh, pressure and all that. Um, so definitely Austin Eckler for me um, uh, in half point PPR catches still do matter. Uh, not as much as PPR, but they still matter. And Austin Eckler is definitely a guy that can get a lot of receiving yards for you in fantasy. And then uh, for number nine, I have Jonathan Taylor. I know people panicked over Marlon Mack coming back uh, to the Indianapolis Colts, but I'm not really um, panicking uh, over that. Um, I feel like Marlon Mack is sort of going to be a change of pace running back, but Jonathan Taylor is their starter. Um, they leaned into him both at the in the regular season and in the playoffs. Um, they used a high draft pick on him two years ago. So um, it's clear that they definitely want to uh, use him as the starter going forward. Uh, he's pretty much the whole package. He can um, pretty much break holes through the defense. He can pass catch. He's great in the red zone and as a blocker. So definitely... Um, a guy that they want to put out in almost every situation. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Taylor finish, finishes higher than ninth. But um, I have him at ninth for now just because we don't know what his role is going to be compared to Marlon Max. But, um, Nate, yeah, let me get to you for your next three. So I put um, Aaron Jones at seventh as well. Um, he's pretty solid and he has really high upside. I was wondering whether I should put him over Nick Chubb, but I, sub 
I decided to kind of put him a little bit lower, mainly because I wasn't sure if his upside would be able to exceed um, Nick Chubb's this season. But he does have the potential to uh, go up to um, 18 fantasy points per game. I think that was his 2019 numbers, but um, he had a crazy amount of targets, and I'm not sure if he's going to have the same amount of targets as in 2019. He might. He did have a little bit lower in 2020, so maybe in 2021 it might be a little kind of like a similar story, just a little bit less than what he got in 2019. And for eighth, I put Austin Eckler for pretty much the same reason as uh, you guys. He gets a lot of um, rec yards, and he has really high upside. His health was the only thing holding him back. He had an injury for a lot of the season, so he wasn't able to play to his potential. But um, just, I guess, looking at his reception yards, he had more reception yards than Aaron Jones this season, and he wasn't um, healthy for the whole season. He only played 10 uh, games, but he got 403 reception yards. So I think as a running back that can catch a lot, that kind of shows how good he is. So... I put him at number eight because of that. And then for ninth, I put Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think he might have a higher peak than um, Austin Eckler, but he hasn't uh, really been able to play to his uh, potential lately. I I guess I feel like he he's usually not at like 100% and he needs to work on his conditioning a little bit. If his conditioning's really good, um, we might see him closer to what his um, peak could be, but uh, we'll have to see. So I put him at ninth because of that. Yeah, I know last season he showed up a little bit overweight. I know people were talking about that for Elliott. Um, I, I know definitely um, when he came into the league uh, the first few years, uh, conditioning-wise, he looked really solid. Um, and in this offense, he was really dominant. He was pretty much a top five running back every year. He can still get to that. Um, he, he, they just need to find the proper role for him in the offense. I feel like with Dak Prescott coming back, that's sort of a boost for Elliott. And yeah, I just feel like that um, he could definitely rebound um, into next season. Um, but before I get into my next uh, running backs, um, I'll just get to you, Mete, for your last three. Um, who else do you like in the top 12? So at number 10, I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, this guy is playing with Patrick Mahomes, so he's got a huge upside, I think. And he was a rookie last year, so I'm hoping they can use him more this year. If they do, like, he might even be better than a, the 10th running back. And for number 11, I have Chris Carson. This one might be, like, a bit weird to everyone, but in my opinion, he's actually really solid. I've had him on my fantasy team for like the last couple of years and he produces for me. Uh, he's good runner, not bad at catching. So I think he can uh, give you top 11 value. And for number 12, um, I have Josh Jacobs. I think he definitely would have been higher than 12 if the Raiders didn't sign um, Kenyon Drake this year, and so I think Kenyon Drake's going to eat into his uh, snaps. Uh, I feel like Drake will be the pass-catching running back there, so he's not going to be making a lot of catches, I feel like, this year. But yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, you mentioned that um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, he definitely can grow on last season. I definitely agree with that. I feel like that also with the loss of guys like Sammy Watkins and Le'Veon Bell, that sort of opens up more of the offense for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that could definitely uh, lead to more production. Um, I was talking a little bit earlier about Elliott improving, and yeah, I have Ezekiel Elliott at number 10. Um, I feel like that he can sort of rebound after a poor um, 2020 season, uh, most of it, which didn't have Dak Prescott in the lineup. So uh, with Prescott back healthy this year, I feel like that opens up more work for Derrick Henry. And hopefully with the offensive line improving from last year, that could definitely uh, really help Elliott's stats as well. Because like I said, we know he can be a top five running back when he's at his peak. So definitely look out for that. And at number 11, I have Miles Sanders. And the reason I have Miles Sanders is because of the breakout he experienced uh, with Jalen Hurts as quarterback at the end of last season. If you took him into the fantasy playoffs like I did, you experienced great production from Miles Sanders. Um, it, it, it probably helped your team either get close to or winning a fantasy championship. And I feel like that uh, with Jalen Hurts, um, I know people always talk about, oh, if your quarterback runs – then maybe your your running backs aren't as good. But I kind of disagree with that. I feel like if a quarterback rushes a lot, it sort of opens up room for the running backs uh, in a lot of different ways uh, to get more yards because um, teams are more distracted with the quarterback. Um, examples are like Baltimore. Obviously, they have such a strong run game, both with their quarterback and their running backs. Um, you can give more examples than that, but that was just the first one that came to my head. And, and yeah, I think that the same thing will happen in Philly. They have a new offensive coordinator. So definitely um, the issue that uh, they had last year, um, it, it'll be different. Uh, they, they'll have a new head coach as well. Um, so yeah, I, I pretty much think that uh, Miles Sanders will definitely return top 12 value. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like that he's definitely worth taking the reach for. And then at number 12, I have Cam Akers. And the reason why I have him at number 12 uh, it's because of how solid uh, he was last season, becoming the starting running back in LA. Um, the Rams always um, are pretty run heavy. Um, that's what I've noticed um, in most years. And if Cam Akers takes that that lead role there in that run heavy offense, uh, he'll, he'll be top 12, at least in my mind. I, I don't see any other way around it. He was such a solid runner last year. Uh, especially the game where he faced the Patriots. I got to watch firsthand him just run all over the defense, pretty much showing why uh, they needed to address their defense. So, um, yeah, he's a solid running back, and I see him in the top 12 this year. But, uh, Nate, let me get to you for your last three. Sure. Um, I put James Robinson at 10. Um, I had him lower, but I decided to put him um, higher at 10, mainly because – I guess I was just going over some of the stats and I think he got 16.1 fantasy points per game. And that was with the quarterback that he had on Jacksonville. Um, he gets a lot of rush yards and he gets a lot of reception yards. And um, depending on how well Trevor Lawrence plays, uh, I guess James Robinson could have even more reception yards. So I feel like that kind of gives him a lot of upside. And I put uh, Jonathan Taylor at 11th. Um, he also has a lot of upside with Carson Wentz going to the Colts. So uh, Jonathan Taylor will be able to increase his reception yards by a lot as well. 
Um, I think Jonathan Taylor also got over a thousand um, rush yards. He had 11 um, rushing touchdowns and he got 15.7 fantasy points per game as a rookie. So um, we should see an increase from Jonathan Taylor. And I put David Montgomery at 12th. Um, I guess I was just going over some of his stats as well. And he got over a thousand rushing yards. He got 438 reception yards. And that was with the quarterback that he had. So I think that um, his performance should be around um, the level that we, he had um, in the 2020 season. I think he got 15.9 fantasy points per game, which is uh, very respectable. And I guess the only thing really holding him back is kind of the quarterback. I think Nick Foles is going to be the quarterback on David's team now. So, um, or Andy Dalton, I think. Yeah, one one of those two. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it'll kind of depend on how well they can um, throw. I think David Montgomery is a really good um, uh, catching running back. So uh, we'll have to see how well he does. Yeah, for sure. I know that um, he really broke out into his pass catching role last year. Um, because Tariq Cohen wasn't healthy. Uh, so I guess we'll definitely have to see how much of a workload they give to both of those guys. But yeah, David Montgomery, one of the better runners in the league, pretty underrated. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a good addition to the top 12. And um, I guess some of the guys that you guys mentioned that I didn't have in my top 12 guys, like James Robinson, um, I feel like, yeah, he has great upside, especially when Trevor Lawrence gets there. If they decide to stick with James Robinson as their top running back, um, he should move up draft boards. I think people are just more conservative, myself included, that he's like, we don't we don't know his role fully. Um, so that's why we don't have him in the top 12. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I agreed with most of your points, Mete. Um, he should definitely improve on last season. He should be given a bigger role this season. Um, so he can definitely move his way into a top 12 running back role. Um, Chris Carson, solid as well. Um, yeah, he, he's pretty, he's pretty consistent. That's all I have to say. I know health is one of the things that um, really comes to mind with Chris Carson. He's got to be able to stay healthy. Um, and I think he's pretty much gotten over his fumbling issues. I know a lot of people talked about that. Um, I think he's sort of pushed through that. This doesn't seem to be as much of an issue now. Um, and then, yeah, um, I don't know if you guys, if there, if there are any other running backs that come to your mind that could maybe push their way into the top 12. I'll start with you, Nate. Um, I'm just thinking of Antonio Gibson and uh, Joe Mixon. I think Antonio Gibson, he played in 14 games, but he only started in nine. So I guess just from that, I think he's getting a bigger role in the Washington football team this year. So I think that should increase his upside by a lot. I think he got 11 touch touchdowns. So um, he might be able to get maybe a, s a similar number of touchdowns or even more and increase his rush yards by a bit. And I feel like um, Joe Mixon, he's potentially top 12, but um, I think the Bengals O-line is kind of holding, it holds basically all the skill positions back. So, um, and until I guess the O-line kind of gets better, we won't be able to see his uh, full potential, but he does have some good upside. Yeah, for sure. And um, 
before I just add a couple of thoughts on that, too, I'll just get to you. Maybe a couple of running backs that come to mind that aren't in the top 12, but you really like them in fantasy. Um, I actually really liked your uh, point with the running quarterback and Miles Sanders. So I'm thinking maybe he could, he could make it into the top 12 with them having a young quarterback like Hurts or I don't know, I'm hearing they might even draft another quarterback this year. They might lean on him more. And I actually agree with you as well on Cam Akers. Uh, he took over as a starter like late into last season. And as soon as he did that, he was like completely going off. So I think he could definitely sneak into the top 12 as well. Yeah, I know um, there's another name that not a lot of people have mentioned, and that's DeAndre Swift for the Detroit Lions. Um, of course, we don't know how the offense is going to run under Dan Campbell, but um, uh, I mean, Jared Goff has always been supported by a strong run game, and I think that could be the same going into this season. DeAndre Swift really broke out last year midway, and he, he was pretty much a a second tier running back most of the season um, and he almost pushed his way into the top 12 last year so um, I definitely like Swift's upside and definitely if Detroit decides to really lean into the run game he could really benefit from that um, and I think you guys mostly covered a lot of the other names we were talking about Mete you covered Josh Jacobs um, and then Nate obviously you covered Joe Mixon he was another guy I was going to bring up Obviously, his injury history and the Bengals' offensive line just makes a reason for me not to put him in the top 12. Um, he'll definitely have to change that narrative next season um, if I want to do that. But um, I think we pretty much covered everything when it comes to, I guess, just the updated landscape of where running backs might sit on a fantasy draft board. So um, definitely uh, thanks for that, guys. And uh, that's going to be the end of Fanatics Football this week. Uh, make sure you check us out on Instagram at FanFanPodcast and on Twitter with the same handle. And uh, make sure you sub to us on YouTube. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, thanks again, guys. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.